The following program contains coarse language and nudity. Discretion is advised. So hey there folks, this is Kristen Williams with another Trans Advocate podcast and we have Robin out. Unfortunately, she's out being awesome, but we have Alexis. Hey there, how are you? And we have a special guest, which is... I'm John Rosenthal, and I'm a Democratic candidate for Texas Representative in House District 135. And you oh think my that God! Out really smoothly. Wow. Right. I've been practicing. <laughs> right, and and you're here with a trans advocate, a Texas politician, being interviewed on the trans advocate. That's an interesting thing. Well, it has it's kind of, well, it's kind of interesting. It's like when we were at the Unity Banquet, and we had like Texas politicians at the Unity Banquet and Republicans very powerful too. Republicans <laughs> there. And it's like, it just kind of goes against the grain of what people think when they think Texas politician. Well, that needs to change. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, well, and I'm actually of two minds on that. I like the idea that East and West Coast... <laughs> don't really understand us because they, they tend to leave us alone and just complain about us. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> and, and otherwise, I'm not sure what they would do. Uh, I, I, I will say that we get, you know, rebroadcast in California, so hey, California. I, I know, that's why I was saying that. <laughs> That was sort of my point. Okay, so it's only New York. Today. Well, well, no, we don't do New York. We do Wisconsin yeah. and Canada. So, hey, Canada. Oh, that's okay. Canada is cool. I mean, it's, it's even better cool. now. That, Cold. Yeah, it's, it's even better now that it's summer here. So, what made you think? You know, golly, I really want to be a Texas representative. Um, it's a long story, but the end of it is that this person, Alexis, kind of talked me into it. <laughs> it's weird how so. Alexis turns up in the middle of all these, you know, different political campaigns and things. So Isn't that I'm, interesting? I'm also the chair for Indivisible for Texas District 7. So I started oh, the Indivisible. Indivisible. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of a sore spot with me, our local Indivisible group, uh, Indivisible Houston. Uh, so hopefully Daniel Cohen will be listening to this broadcast. And think, we'll send it to him if he doesn't. Yeah, I should be endorsing our local candidates, especially when they're Indivisible leaders. So we have a, uh, a small group of activist leaders that meet monthly on a Tuesday. Was it the first Tuesday? Or yeah. actually, it's, it's, it's a Tuesday flexible. that we pick. So, it's a flexible so meeting wait, wait, day. wait. Okay, so for people who haven't heard of Indivisible, what the hell is that? That's good. So Indivisible is uh, is a movement. It's an anti-Trump movement, and it's, oh, okay. uh, it's an activist movement that is that was set up by uh, ex-staffers from Lloyd Doggett's office who were who were in there during the rise of the Tea Party, and they Ooh. saw the oh, tactics that gotcha. a relatively small part of the constituency used to exert an an abnormally large amount of influence over the elected leaders. Mm -hmm. And they thought, well, if right-wingers can do it, then how about lefties? We could do that, too. (laughs) And so what they did was... That's a really dangerous assumption, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they at least put together an open-source program that mapped those techniques to uh, an agenda... Uh, of opposing the Trump presidency. So, I mean, I, now, I, I don't want to get you wrong. You're, are you saying that this is a Trump version of left-wing politics as in you're uh, 
perhaps pathologically paranoid that you you don't know what the truth is that uh, you know. So none of that. Okay, <laughs> all right. But, but, but isn't it sort of the inverse of that? What, what it is is it's it's not it's not the um, it's not the crazy nut job part of it that's being ah. mapped. It's okay. The, it's the laser focus on specific issues. Mm. It's mm-hmm. taking up time mm-hmm. of the staffers in the in our elected representatives' offices. Oh, so okay. We can slow them down right. on the agenda that they're sure operating on, and uh-huh. at the same time advocating for the things that we want. So okay. So like, do you think you do things like contact your representatives and do town hall meetings? And that's exactly what we do. Okay. So we have dominated a John. Culberson town hall meetings <laughs> so, so massively that we were on network news and, and that was over a year ago he has not had another town hall uh, since of course then. not <laughs> and uh, what else have we done we have we stage weekly pro- protests at both Cornyn and Cruz's <laughs> office yeah, god and, and he it, must love you guys <laughs> it was, it's sort of cool actually because I think some of the people who drive by at certain times of the day on a regular basis have sort of gotten to know the protesters and my observation has been that there seems to be an exchange of um, opinions that uh, don't necessarily agree, but it's already prescripted. Everyone knows who's going to call who what name, and, and it goes on. So, so it's like a lot of other things. It seems to be friendly disagreement as opposed mm. to the for other the most part. part. Yeah, for, for the, the most, most part. part. Okay, but yeah. And yeah. then there've been rallies downtown on there various things. Downtown. There's been rallies there at Discovery been, uh, Green. That's oh. right. We uh, we staged a number of candidate forums for the progressive candidates in Texas District 7. Okay. So we divided our group into two efforts. One effort is to oppose the incumbent, mm-hmm. protest the guy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, launch mm-hmm. a social media campaign against him, mm-hmm. on and on like that, against And you're fun- funded by Russia, right? Uh, it, no, actually, according to um, <laughs> there's a rumor that we've been funded. Oh, by George, George Soros, Soros, of course. <laughs> but, but I'll, be, I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, if George, if you're out there listening, I could really yes, use some money yes, right yes, now. Yes, yes, please send up that to us. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I was going to ask you if you'd cash the check. Yeah. <laughs> so usually, it's very poor mm-hmm. people inside of our groups that gotcha, pony up sure. a few bucks here and there to Grassroots. help us stage these. Mm-hmm. Uh, these candidate forums tend to cost about four or five hundred dollars, depending on where the right. venue is, and mm-hmm. we just collect that from the members. Right, you know, and, and, so, and then that's the other part of so, this. So the way you're the opposing Trump is basically trying to erode all the people in Congress and the state legislatures and the state governments that are supporting Trump so that there's not much support <clears throat> left out there. Because currently, you know, there's nothing we can do about Trump except sit back and hope. No. Right now, yeah, right. Right. So, um, so for me personally, to be running for an office in the state ledge, I am looking to unseat a very pro-Trump representative. The guy's very pro-Trump. Yeah, I saw, I, I, I did a quick Google, and one of the very first hits that came up was, I think, the Texas Tribune's like, right. worst candidate, uh, worst legislature of 2017. And it just kind of went on down on why he's horrible. He's horrible. It's interesting. Okay. So, so I get to take him out, and then I get to materially participate in taking out a representative in Washington oh. who has voted 100% pro-Trump. Who would oh. that be? Do I have to say his name? Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> Who's going to replace him? 
That's a good question. So we're hoping it's a progressive woman at this point, uh-huh. and there's two of them in a Hillary law. Clinton. No. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm Hillary kidding. Clinton won <laughs> District 7 in 2016, so if she was running, we, we might stand a pretty good chance of winning, and we may still. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, uh, there's actually two very powerful, intelligent um, articulate women running for the spot. Their mm-hmm. name Laura mm-hmm. Moser and Lower Lizzie Moser. Fletcher. Yes, Moser was the one that was targeted by the GCCCCCCC. Exactly. That was, uh, you know, like this thing. I, I still say that was the softest hit job I've ever seen. <laughs> so they doubled down on her again in the last. And week. it was oh really? Oh yeah, really, and, really, and really. It was really. Equally as soft. Uh, it mean, was just stupid stuff. It was like, okay, I'm I'm a progressive that likes a metropolitan area, and I wouldn't want to live in, in small Paris, town Texas. Texas. And neither would I. No, I've, <laughs> I've lived Texas in small towns before, and no, it's not good. <laughs> and then the other things that they talked about were some of her articles, which. You know, if you've done anything in life, guess what? There's something you've done that someone can pick on if they take it out of context. Yeah, you know, we live in the era of Indeed. Trump. You know, if you're if you're looking at Trump and Trump politicians and stuff, and you're looking at some of these, like, you know, vaguely, like, biting comments, it's like, what? Come on. Yeah. I, come on, really? <laughs> and I mean, being fair and open, Laura's not my choice of the mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lizzie is. And, but it, does, it doesn't matter. Either one of them are better than the person who's been sitting there forever <laughs> and not doing anything good. So, you know. That's my position. And uh, the district that I'm in is obviously in uh, Congressional District 7, almost mm-hmm. completely in uh, CD7. And it's also seen as critical uh, uh, for getting out the vote to flip the um, congressional district as well as our house district gotcha. in, in mm-hmm. the state. And so that, that's right off of 290, is that correct? That's right. It's a bow tie shaped district in the middle of the bow ties, the intersection of 290 and 1960. Okay. okay. So the middle of the bow tie is someplace that no one can ever pass through in half a lifetime. <laughs> My so experience. highway construction and yes. infrastructure is yes. a big deal for for our campaign. Uh huh. Two ninety is being. It's like if, I don't think I remember a time when two ninety wasn't under construction. So we bought this house out there ten a little over ten years ago, and uh, two ninety has been under construction the entire time, as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, and probably until you've long since gone, you know, whatever that means. So it was. So continue. in my mind, that the way to address the issue is to try to improve the traffic flow. Uh, if I say I'm going to end construction, well, <clears> that. That might be um, a sign of the apocalypse. Coming, <laughs> it's so. also probably an anti-job position. I don't know. <laughs> There'll be something wrong with it. Could be, but we could approach that more intelligently. So instead of shutting down numerous major thoroughfares in the same part of town at the same time, mm-hmm. maybe we could stage those so that so, traffic can continue to flow. So you're you're a doctor, is that correct? I am a mechanical engineer. Mechanical, a mechanical engineer. engineer. What what does that mean? Uh, you you it, engineer mechanics? So as as somebody with a degree in engineering who's worked in oil and gas for 20 uh-huh. years, it means I'm unemployed right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the, 
price of oil is going up. There is oil going up. That's right. I'm being called for an interview, so now that it's looking like I actually have a really good chance of winning a seat in the state legislature, someone wants to actually get me to work for money now. Ah. But, yeah, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, if you're in the state legislature, you get paid a huge amount of money. It's what most people would expect for half a week. What? It's like two thousand. What, what is? It's seven thousand dollars a year. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so exactly. Uh, why? So so actually, there ought to be a psychological examination yes. runs for these offices to determine the mental fitness of somebody who fights so hard to make so little amount, such a small amount of money. Yeah, and. and for some people, just having the influence and access, they can make money from that. But from people who aren't, oh, well, let's say lawyers, <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, a bit, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a business owner. My opponent runs a payday lending uh, Oh, companies. well, those, those are great companies who support, so, you know, I banking. Support and us- they support usury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's like 2,000% interest, like seriously. Like yeah. seriously, yes. <laughs> and there's, and apparently laws have been changed that allow them to do that, and it's not called usury, and I really am not sure how that works, but um, <laughs> we don't want, everyone would go to sleep if I started explaining it. <laughs> what, I, what I can say is that my opponent is well-funded, and at the top of that list are the payday lenders in Texas. Well, so loan like sharks, you know, there. that's a good business to be in, apparently. Not saying that he's a loan shark, Absolutely but just not. we would uh, never say that payday lenders did anything well wrong. It's just immoral. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Morals, you know, are up to the person. So I get to say that. <laughs> okay. One of the things that the uh, reason I really wanted John to come on the show because we were mm-hmm. having breakfast and we were having a conversation, okay, and we were talking about equality and and things like that. And right. John made a comment that okay. I that that. I think really points out one of the the, the problems slash misconceptions people have. John said something about you know everybody should just be like doctors. If people uh-huh. are sick, they just treat them. Sure. And I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> for the transgender community, oh, that's not really it. Right. And, and I you know I found that interesting because I happen to support John. I think he's a really good guy on all sorts of things. He's certainly for equality and all that. Mm-hmm. But there's this this uh, perception that medical is available to everyone if you have the money or the insurance or whatever, and that's not the case. Right. So my background, uh, God, I started working with um, with groups around HIV back in the eighties, and um, so I. I you know, I've been involved in HIV stuff for a long time, and um, I think I will never forget. I, I had this client. Um, I was working at an HIV clinic, and uh, she was a patient, and uh, she came in, and because it was an ambulatory clinic, that means that you have to be able to walk in, walk out. You know, it's not an emergency room. Um, so she was not able, once she got there, she was not able to walk around and she, so, um, you know, we sent her off on an ambulance to one of the hospitals. Um, and she was trans and what was happening is basically she was in stage AIDS. Um, and, uh, so she, she looked a little funny, meaning she looked a little, you know, in between, 
And apparently that's enough to, you know, for an emergency room to turn you away because she was turned away from two emergency rooms. They would wheel her off and they'd go, Ugh. and they would put her back on the ambulance. And they finally took her to a third place where they took her off of the ambulance and stuck her in the waiting room where she proceeded to have seizures and to pass out for almost 20 hours straight. And by the time they actually got her back there, she died. And, um, you know, this was all of, um, I guess, 10 years ago. You know, even, so we're, we're not talking about the 80s. We're talking no, about... But, but if you go back even a year, year and a half, we have people that their doctor has suddenly decided when they find out they're trans that they aren't going to treat them because oh, sure. they just don't think that's okay. And, and I've seen some news about that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, my, the comment that I was making the other day yeah. was, was about... Uh, doctors that I know understanding that all sure. human beings bleed red, right. mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what your skin color is or how you present yeah. or you know any of these other external it, qualities that have nothing to do with the internal workings of the body. And so, while certainly some doctors are bigots and sure. just buttholes mm-hmm. in general, uh, I think I'm talking about people who are oh, compassionate you, healers. I, I was say you're talking about reasonable people. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Well, see, one of the problems with this and one of the reasons that we honestly need to get good people into various legislatures and into Congress is, you know, this law that says, oh, you can refuse to treat someone if it's against your sincerely held religious beliefs. And, and you know, folks and, like and seriously, do you swear words on this? Fuck show? yes. <laughs> like, because fuck that. So, so, so you know, we, we, we have this, this sincerely held religious belief uh-huh. thing that's going on. And, and what that really means is that an ambulance shows up, they're like, oh, you're trans. I don't believe in that religious wise. And they turn around and leave and don't treat but, you. But <laughs> we've had several trans people killed because an ambulance will show up and they go, ooh, ooh, the, one of those people. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And watch them die. Yeah, that's um, that's a... Uh... It's horrendous. So legalizing any form of discrimination and and failing to recognize the humanity of human beings is um, abhorrent. You know, I I remember they were... um before the so-called you know religious freedom to discriminate thing was really getting off the air they were trying to get a religious freedom law passed in Arizona and i remember calling up um and speaking to this legislator legislator's aide because i couldn't get the legislator on the phone and i said okay so what you're saying is the Klan is, is, is an explicitly religious organization, the Ku Klux Klan. They hold explicitly religious uh, beliefs that happen to be stupid and racist um, and out of step with uh, modern society. Uh, but you passing this would empower them to force society to respect and uphold their bigotry just because it's their religious belief. And he said, yes. I was calling because I wanted more information about the, um, there's a Senate Bill 1062 
Yes. Um, can you tell me about that? What does that do? Um, well, um, the bill – let me pull up a quick um, – so essentially the bill allows um, – it allows business owners to um, use religion as a reason uh, as to uh, deny someone business if it conflicts with their religious beliefs. Uh, organizations like the Klan are explicitly religion-based organizations. And if you had a racist person who was part of that uh, cult or whatever you call it, but they're, it's their sincere belief that the curse of ham is correct and, you know, blah, 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 um, that these bills open the door to um, segregation again, correct? If if one could prove that um, performing an action or an acting is motivated by that belief, that it's severely held, and if they did that, it would substantially burden their beliefs then yes, that is correct. Okay. Wow. I was like, that, 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 wow. Until that point, okay. It's all fine. But yes, it's, it's like no. Okay. Yes. It, it's all fun and games until someone gets an eye poked out. Yeah, and, and the real problem with this, from my standpoint, is that you know, almost any place that you call an ambulance in an emergency, that ambulance is paid by some governmental body. Hmm. Well. If you can't service everyone and you're in the government, then you need to not be in the government because it's your job to service everyone. It's kind, kind of mm -hmm. like that lady with the marriage licenses in Kentucky, yes, right? Yes, oh, yes. right. If you've got a religious belief that prevents you from, <laughs> from issuing a marriage license, doing your job, I, I actually Get don't out have of the a job. problem <laughs> with the woman have, holding the belief, but she cannot hold the job at the same time. So it, if you have a religious belief that's inconsistent with doing your job, find a job you can do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and that's yeah. my problem. And, and it, it, I really don't have a problem with what they believe other than the fact that it's stupid, ridiculous, and they claim to be what they aren't. But other than that, it's fine with me. <laughs> the key, though, is that if I go in and I take a job and I can't do that function, then I should be gone. Agreed. And it doesn't matter what the reason is. I mean, for so, instance, if I went in and said, gosh, you know, I think I want to be a neurosurgeon. Well, I have no training, no ability to do anything or anything else. Guess what? It's not something I can do. I should not have that job. So specific to the trans community, trans and intersex community, well, actually trans, intersex, and cis community. Um, so last week, uh, there was a very unreport unreported story uh, up in Colorado, uh, a woman um was coming out of a bar in Colorado somewhere and uh, some people, some men surrounded her and was like, are you real? Are you real? And she's like, what the fuck? What? You know? <laughs> and so they started to pound her head into the concrete uh, saying things like, you know, in Trump's America, people like you don't belong. And it turns out that they thought that she was trans. She wasn't trans. But for some reason, they did. She did. She didn't perform femininity enough to for them for whatever reason, and so she became a victim of an anti-trans hate, hate crime, being not trans. And then there was like a group of men, and I stopped and asked them, like, "Hey, am I heading in the right direction to go to the light rail to mm -hmm. go home?" You know? Yeah. That's when they decided that 
they would push me into the concrete and beat me up. So they asked me if I was a woman. And um, I thought that was a really odd question. So my answer was like, yes, honey, I'm all woman. Just like that. Which I don't think they liked the way that I said that. But, um, and then they, you know, they started yelling at me and saying that I needed to be my real self. And that's when they pushed me down. And I could just kind of like, you know, I, I got knocked unconscious. So then I heard things like, you stupid little fucking faggot. And um, uh, this is what people like you deserve. And um, uh, some, mm, I don't want to be like partisan because politics, ugh. Yeah. but uh, they were saying things like Trump takes, will take care of people like you. Now, th- this kind of stuff really kind of puts a fine point on the so-called bathroom bill uh, things that are tried to be passed last year. Hundreds of them were were filed in the legislature. Fortunately, we had a Republican. Um, what was it? Uh, Joe, Joe the, Strauss? Joe Strauss. Uh, yeah. He was like, yeah, fuck all of that. <laughs> I don't think he said it exactly that way. But, <laughs> but, but he did say, I don't Neither I nor the people of Texas are interested in where people go to the restroom. Well, and so he was censured uh, by the, I guess, Texas, what was it, Tea Party people? It was the Republicans. and Yeah. You know, but, but the interesting right. thing about it is, you know, you have to have the ability to censure someone and to have something occur from it before <laughs> is anything other than a joke. Well... well there is, there is there was nothing, nothing that they can do or anything else or did do. So they didn't actually censor her. Is it the same way with Sarah Davis because they had brought a similar motion to censor yeah. her? Censure. Censure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, mean, they brought it, I think they brought it to the floor, didn't they? And yeah, so, I think so. You know. So um, this, this next legislature, I, I fully expect uh, the same actors to think that it's a good idea to install some sort of law uh, where they want as a society here in Texas for everyone to be gender policing bathrooms um, and so that I guess you know some of them that I've seen if 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 your sex isn't doesn't match what's on your birth certificate, then you can face arrest and those kinds of things. What What is your position on bathroom bills? Well, first I'd like to ask how much uh, the pay is for the person who's the policeman. They're volunteers, do, do, I would imagine. So, <laughs> yeah, that's... It, it's a... It's a it's a little bit of a joke about who's going to do the job, <laughs> right? right? <clears throat> There's... Um, I don't see any place for that. So this is some... Mm-hmm. This is uh, uh, propagating discrimination and bigotry for sure. the so, sake of riling up a base. So mm-hmm. there's, there's no basis in reality for causing this. And the mm-hmm. fervor over it, over the uh, supposed, um, I don't know what they're, they seem to be afraid of trans people assaulting non-trans people in bathrooms. Yes, which specifically little blonde haired girls, By if you go by the, the political ads that they put out. Apparently so. Of course, there's, there's zero record of this ever happening mm-hmm. anywhere in the United States at any time. And so it's a made-up problem. It's, it's uh, if you really want to protect little children in bathrooms, you should protect them against Republican legislators. Because- <laughs> oh, 
Oh, God. Because there's quite a few more of those that actually have been charged with sexual assault. That's true. And priest and right wing Christians. I'll throw in because there's a lot more of those. Sorry, I probably shouldn't be picking on people I'm supposed to be working with next year. But but really, it's just discrimination. And and it's a it's a uh, a gasping attempt by the right wing to continue the last form of real legalized discrimination. I don't know why it's so important to these people to be able to discriminate against others, but I, but to me that's what it seems like. Hmm. Yeah, you know, my big question is: Is it really one of the top issues that Texas needs to deal with? I mean, we have the well, infrastructure yeah. issues, the flooding issues, this wonderful education funding system that we have in Texas well, if, that no if one has time for. Yeah, the Texas if, budget in general, right? Yes. <clears throat> well, if your top priority is merely to maintain power. Um, and what you know rouses your base up is these uh, bathroom memes. I guess that's going to be on your top agenda. Right. So the bathroom meme, the SB four, the, the uh, sanctuary city thing, the uh, anti DACA, all of that is part of the same well, riling of the in, same. Interesting. Base, right? So um, before you came on, I had asked if there were people that had any questions for you. And uh, let's see. You've been set up. (laughs) Someone said, uh, where do you stand on immigration law reform and bills like SB4? Uh, SB4 is hate. Mm. And um, so I'll say that uh, I am I am pro immigration reform. I Mm -hmm. think the way that we structure it right now is. It's beyond ludicrous. So mm-hmm. you, you start at a scale where it's where it's just bad or silly, going through disadvantageous to crazy, and now ludicrous. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my, uh, I am a um, we're a blended family, and and I am married to a naturalized citizen, an mm-hmm. immigrant from El Salvador, and um, this system is is. It's just become insane. Well, how do you respond to people who say, well, we're for immigration, too, just legal. legal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, in that case, there ought to be a reasonable means for people to legally immigrate to this country. But it only takes 16, 17 years to get immigration. No, no. Actually, if you are one of the people in the DACA list, there is no way for you to become oh, legal right. because you have to leave before and, you restart and then come back and you in. may not yeah. and, it, and you have to be back I mean you look so at So this it. is the type of insanity that I'm talking yes. about and if you mm-hmm. if you have looked into what it really takes to qualify for that DACA list we have a DACA recipient that's a close friend of the family mm-hmm. one of my son's best friends Yikes. Was, was brought here and of course he's a little worried he's well, a student of at the University of Houston and he works full time Ah so he's an MS13 Member, right? That's what you're saying. And his English is brilliant. It's probably better than mine. Yeah, you, you know, one of the things that just occurred to me is that I do understand the vetting that one goes through for DACA, and it is drastically stronger than what we've seen for White House employees and officials. I mean, it's those true. people could not get on the DACA list. That's right. I couldn't get on the DACA list. You know, I've got, um, I wouldn't say I've got a criminal record, but I've got my fair share of, you know, traffic tickets Ooh. and this or that, Ooh. you know. 
that have happened over the years, and and I was uh, I was suspended from high school. Once. It's a long story, Woo. but the end of the story is I wouldn't qualify to be a doctor recipient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, in a lot of ways, they're the best among us. There's so, there's another sign of this craziness where they talk about chain migration, and it's not actually so. It well, it's migrants wearing chains that clearly <laughs> right. So so you're allowed to be brought here if you're somebody's slave, I guess. But, yeah. but if you're a member of my wife's family and all of your brothers mm-hmm. and sisters are either uh, legal permanent residents or naturalized citizens, um, you still can't bring your last sister here. So there's mm-hmm. a half a dozen. But uh, it's weird how that doesn't apply to Molina, you know. Trump's family. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> so, you know, there there should be a reasonable yeah. process for <laughs> applying for and gaining a visa. And we can look at the way it works in other countries. If I want to visit Brazil, mm-hmm. I need to apply for a visa. It's not a huge deal, but it takes a couple of months and I can get um, I can get a work visa. I can get a tourist visa. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. There's a process to go through. You do a little background check. You fill out some paperwork. You send a yep. cup, you send I, your I've, I've you done know, that. All mm-hmm. right. So I don't see why we can't have a reasonable system. Well, and the other side of it is that I, mean, I personally do not like people who ignore the rules, i.e. laws or whatever, and then end up getting ahead because of it. Unfortunately, we see that a lot in the White House currently. But <laughs> I, I really don't like that. But there are times that you have to face reality, and that is when someone's been in this country without having processed through whatever system was there for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they've done nothing but work and create mm-hmm. you know, value for the country. Right. Time to take a deep breath and say, fine, you're okay. We figured this out because you've been here long enough. And and just clear it all out. Yeah, particularly the ones that were brought here as children. That well, didn't have oh, yeah, the, the DACA that, group I, or the DACA light group. It, it's ridiculous. So, I had a client who, um, so she was brought here as a child. This was, again, uh, several years ago, maybe seven years ago now. Um, she was brought here as a child. Uh Spoke very little Spanish, uh, was a student at U of H, also employed, had, you know, living in an apartment, you know, just a productive member of society, and was taken in by ICE, happened to be trans, mm-hmm. um, and uh, got into ICE custody, was immediately beaten and raped, and uh there was very little that we could do for her because, you know, apparently she's one of these illegals, you know, and, uh, you know, it, the conflation of people like her and the so-called American, mind you, an American gang, MS-13, it has got to stop. It does. It's, it's and, just, and people like that, Brian, being brought into custody and then subsequently raped, hmm? uh, is just another sign of their dehumanization. Oh, of course. Like that yes. is the crux of the matter. It, that is the heart of the problem is that um, these folks that engage in those activities just don't see them as mm-hmm. human beings. That's correct. And, you know, the, the fact that we essentially take the approach that they really don't deserve nor do they get due process is just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And so, if nothing else... They should get a lawyer to begin with. They should get a court date to begin with to determine whether or not they're an American citizen, if nothing else. Well, and, <laughs> and ICE regularly picks yes. up American citizens. 
You exactly. Know? Well, um, you don't have white skin, therefore you must be illegal. So let's lock you up in prison. Yeah. And and the interesting thing is that the people who are pushing for the harshest immigration approach that you can have aren't really affected by it at all. You don't see the people in West Texas care about that. You don't see the people outside of Phoenix and Arizona care about that. You don't see people in California care about that. No, they're like in Indiana and stuff. Right? <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. And, and, you know, or they're in Austin, but they're like three people getting mm-hmm. a lot of money from people outside Texas. And, and you know, that's that's the real problem. It's like, come on. We've been so you, we you mentioned money. Another question. Your opponent's. Uh, your opponent's largest donors are corporate PACs, and there is a growing concern with progressive constituents in terms of accountability. Do you take corporate PAC donations? Will you take corporate PAC donations if elected? Is that, one of the, is that another question? That's one of the That's questions. That's a question for the candidate, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Um, uh, I have not taken any corporate PAC money, mm. and um, I would I would not take money from large corporations. Mm-hmm. So PACs in general, uh, there may be some that are like progressive PACs. So I'm, sure. I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to get money from progressive organizations. Uh, actually, I've been do- endorsed by a couple of progressive organizations mm-hmm. that are going to donate to the campaign, and that's sure. that's great. Uh, I um, am not going to accept donations from any anti-progressive or any corporation that would have uh, an agenda that uh, that opposes what I stand for. And I'm a pretty okay. progressive person. So, uh, I, you know, the, the, you sort of did a little bit middle ground there. I mean, personally, I've never seen why anyone should do a broad brush. I won't accept money from PACs or I won't accept money from corporate yeah, PACs pa- or whatever. PACs are not inherently but, evil or something. Most everybody that does any sort of of a forum is dealing with a pack because they're usually the packs that are doing of course, the forums. They don't right. call mm-hmm. it that. So. But the other side of it is there's some companies that have very good policies that are very progressive, etc. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that's so that's why that's sure. why I hedge a little bit. Yeah, it's not that all corporations are evil. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess you have to do an evaluation and determine if these people who are giving you money are trying to influence you in a way that sure. would uh, oppose what you stand for. So um, what about uh, a hot button issue is uh, the concept of net neutrality and uh, various uh, large telecom community uh, organizations trying to pump money into elected officials to get them to oppose net neutrality. I don't want to pay extra for um, <laughs> fast lanes and whatnot. Fast lane service <laughs> on my internet. Uh, I, I, I oppose attacking uh-huh. neutrality. Uh-huh. I, I don't even consider it a hot button issue. I think it's something that's that's <laughs> well, advanced by basically evil interests. Yeah, well, <laughs> one of the things I think people miss with net neutrality, this is from the technical side, is that even though there are some bars to entry into the industry of providing internet services, etc., they're pretty low. And if you have the uh, major company suddenly charging a whole lot to get fast lane service, which means reasonable service, mm-hmm. there's going to be somebody that pops up and says, okay, I have my two servers there on the general backbone, and guess what? 
we aren't going to do the throttle it. So everybody come over and do business with me. And as soon as that happens, you'll get all the big guys saying, well, you know, maybe we're going to back down on a lot of this. Because I, I really don't think it's as big a problem as people hmm. believe it is. It hmm. could lead to some some pretty bad stuff. And the reason that, that uh, those laws were instituted in the first place was because of some attempts by some of these larger corporations to right. take there, advantage of There are specific examples where uh, especially um, cell phone companies and the like have tried to take advantage. And uh, certainly uh, countries that don't have net neutrality programs um, – yeah, they have various internet packages that include email and video services so that you can actually watch YouTube and then you have, you know, your so you know it it would be a different the, that type of an internet experience is is not the internet experience that I grew up with. Um, I think that that is the concern that people have is that, you know, big, big uh, companies that, especially in rural areas where you don't have choice, you know, you're going to like it or lump it. It's kind of like the the various cable companies, you know. Oh, but, you have a problem with our service? Yeah, but, oh, but gee, the, darn it. <laughs> the rural areas where you don't have choice are about to have choice because of exactly what I said. Somebody <laughs> is actually has purchased uh, satellite transceivers so I'm, I'm actually, they can go in. I'm actually really happy to hear that. Is it is it just uh, yesterday and today there's a group of senators who are advancing legislation to to restore uh, uh, yeah. that neutrality? Yeah, right? I've, I've heard Yeah, that there was some, some movement on that. I mean, my big concern about the whole net neutrality thing is I put it way down on my importance list because it's not as easy oh. to mess with as, as a lot of the other things. Got yeah. a, got another question for okay. you. What is your stance on receiving speaking fees while being an elected official? Um, it might help me pay my debt. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, to be to be frank, I'm an unemployed engineer who's, who's working really hard to get a money uh, to get a job that's not going to pay enough for me to to really even afford my car payment this next year. So, so you're saying you're a fat cat legislator who's trying to get rich off of all of the speaking events? Dollar fat cat. <laughs> so actually. Um, you know, I, I hate to be the politician that gets one question and then it turns around and answers something completely differently. Sure. But this really does point to an issue with the way that our Texas legislature is run. Mm -hmm. So most of these folks um, make their own money either through their private businesses or their right. own practices mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, having a uh, having your legislative body be basically unpaid right. means that it's a rich kid's game. Yes, Their it is. Common that's, person that's is, is precluded from participating. That's why Washington decided to take a salary as the first president. He said, you know, if I don't, then it's just going, you know, the only presidents that are going to be uh, president are going to be rich people. Exactly right. So a lot of people know that, not everybody, but a a good amount of people know that the legislators in this state don't get paid very much. Right. People generally don't know that if you serve four terms, then you qualify for a pension that's based on a district court judge's salary of one hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars a year. Or something You're working like for that. the pension. 
And so you don't pay them anything while they're there, which means the common person can't do it. But then you pay them for their lifetime when they leave. Uh So I think um, that is completely the opposite of what it should be. Mm -hmm. If you pay these folks a living wage, then it can be representative of government the way it was designed. And you can have people taking their turn in government representing their communities Mm -hmm. and then let them contribute to a savings program or whatever. But... It oh, so be- you you want like honesty and you know reasonable wages for? I know it's an extraordinarily uh, oh, gosh. novel concept, but it's what I it's what I would push for. It's going to be, and I recognize you know getting a bunch of people to agree to something that um, erodes their power base is maybe an unrealistic undertaking. But I think if you have enough voices crying for it, mm-hmm. you can make it happen. Sure, of course. The counter to that is that would mean you're pushing to up your salary, which is going to be a major attack. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if, yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. I guess that's true. So I would push to up the salary at the same time, uh, dra- dramatically reduce or eliminate the pension system mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so on balance, it costs the state less in the long run. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. far as the speaking fees, uh, that is probably more honest than taking consulting fees from, uh, from companies mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I would. Um, and can you talk a little bit about that whole consulting? while being a legislator yeah so that's something um uh uh, that's something that is so easy to to corrupt that process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so it really depends on what kind of consulting you're doing but too frequently it's just used as a as a mask for payoffs sure you know, mm-hmm. so that uh, legislators can be bought. Mm. And and really, that's nothing new in Texas. You know, people don't even know that there's no limit to the uh, to making a contribution to a campaign in Texas. So it's inside the state. If you're contributing to a federal campaign for your state senator or representative, mm-hmm. there's a limit of $2,700 per person per right. and, and for, per year per campaign. In Texas, in, for my seat, for a Texas state position, no such limit exists. If you want to contribute a million dollars to the dude that's running for governor or, or in your Senate district or your House district, you can give as much as you want. And so the bottom wow. line is, if you have the money, you can buy as many representatives as you want to and they don't have to charge speaking fees or consulting mm. fees that you can just buy them wow wow of course it, are there there are some limits on how you can use the campaign donations compared to speaking fees or consulting fees right well that's true yeah, yeah absolutely but um, if you're willing to finance somebody's campaign completely and they accept money from you mm-hmm. I think the answer to you and not their district constituents really you think the money talks so let me get into some more controversial areas. <clears throat> um, what what do you think? So we we covered some of the so-called religious freedom stuff. Um, what do you think of the um, the tradition of having perhaps one religious organization or one religious traditions uh, religious laws? in various courtrooms or outside uh, public buildings, um, those types of things. Um, yeah, it's not controversial. That's precluded by the Constitution of the United States of America. We do not have preference for any—we are not allowed to—the uh, First Amendment of the United States 
precludes us. Yes, from but we are a Christian or... nation. Nope, no, we're not. Well, we were founded on Christian nope. values. No, we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, you know what's so funny? The Christian right aren't Christian, and and you know, I mean, you take a look at what makes one a Christian, and they aren't it. So a perfect example is is my opponent. So mm-hmm. I don't want to focus on the dude, but he does have a degree in theology. Ah. Mm-hmm. And he um, runs on a platform with the persona of the the moral Christian right, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. good Christian. There's plenty of What's good... in his closet? <laughs> hey, hang on. He's wait, a payday wait, lender. Wait, He's a predatory wait. lender. Wait. <laughs> the only time I seem to remember Jesus, who is who you follow if you're Christian, getting pissed was... The money changers <laughs> on, on the steps of wait, wait, no, this doesn't work. See, this it, it, could be, it could be. It could be. This, so. this is where I get to with they aren't Christians. <laughs> so interestingly, I got in the mail today uh, uh, a my 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 copy of the Smithsonian's edition of Thomas Jefferson's Bible, and I was reading oh, yes. through that t- this morning, and I thought. Wow, this is really interesting because he had take he had taken an exacto knife and cut out the uh, Latin and Greek translations of the Bible, and then cut out every sort of supernatural event that happened, and just focused on the ethics that were taught. And I thought that's really interesting, and that's a founding father. Yes. And we went from him, who was the third president, to Trump. Exactly. I'm I'm stuck on this exacto knife thing. I doubt that it was an exacto knife. Right, (laughs) exactly. Well, they didn't have razors. Exactly. I suspect it was a very sharp razor. But maybe it was an exacto knife. I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, I, I have actually seen it i don't have a copy of it but i was thinking about getting one because it's interesting it pulls out all of the weird stuff in the bible and and it's it's a fabulous reproduction they they even include like so jefferson has these little pieces of paper that he had written notes on and stuff and so that in the reproduction they actually have those little pieces of paper glued to the specific pages that you can fold out and see it's very very interesting um piece of a American Christian yeah. culture. And, and you know, you think about it, this is actually a governmental entity that works, the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. It does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the the back to the question on, on yes. religion. So I would I would say formally I identify as a non religious agnostic, mm-hmm. a non practicing agnostic. And um, I think the fundamental thing here is that people should believe to to People should be free to believe in, and practice as they choose. Oh, as long as you're they, talking about that free thinker tradition as here long in as Texas. They don't infringe on anybody else's rights. And so, if you just leave it to where inside of your sphere of influence you can do whatever mm-hmm. the hell you want, I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this whole business about Christian founded nation or, you know, these are the same people that scream about Sharia law being a problem. And they, <laughs> they want, they're basically the Christian Taliban. They want to implement, you know, restrictions based on their personal beliefs. <laughs> so as a non-practicing agnostic, it's just like, uh, 
I don't think I should be, let's say, required to take communion walking into the Texas legislature. Sure. And it's not that I have anything well, against eating crackers, but I think those crackers are generally not very tasty. But what? So what do you think about um, the the prayers before uh, a Texas legislature, or or you know those kinds of things? <laughs> Well, I know that there are some people who have very strong opinions about sure. that as as someone who's so and I know folks who are atheists who get offended if the checker in the grocery store line says, have a blessed day. Now, <laughs> yes, I, I, think I know that those that people may too. Or may not be appropriate. It depends on how you feel about it. Uh-huh. I don't personally care if someone says that to mm-hmm. me. And so I don't care if someone wants to have a prayer in front of the service. But I think if you want to do that, you uh, pretty much have to include everybody right so as long as those legislators that are pushing for that so you, know, you the would week support after, the week after their catholic prayer if they're cool with a wiccan coming in and doing their the satanic or, temple or yeah whatever <laughs> then um as long as you're fine with everyone taking their turn at this then and, i'm down for and, that and one of the okay. problems actually with the texas legislature with that is that there's only 140 days so you'd mm. have to call a special session to accommodate. The rest of the <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's it's there's way more than 140 religions and sects, no, etc. Right, but, but you could you could slate one for each each day and just go through a rotation. So hmm. yeah, but 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 what I'm talking about is that there are a few thousand religions. That right, of course, that exist. So you don't have to have one prayer by every religion every session. You could just just go to the next session. It so might so, take three years to get back <laughs> to your Catholic prayer. Yeah, I was going to say in some sessions. The the specific one that fits you doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that, actually. So I'll, oh, I want to take... This but is, but this I tend is, not to be offended by people doing their own prayers in their own way. Gotcha. I want to cool. take a quick break to uh, remind folks of a couple of things. And then whenever I come, when we come back, I want to ask a couple of more very controversial questions. If you're trans, intersex, or genderqueer, and are a victim of a disaster, we can help with our Trans Disaster Relief Fund. And if you're going to college, university, or trade school, you can apply for one of our scholarships. Located in Houston, Texas, we hold weekly support group meetings and run the only community-owned transgender archive that's open to the public. Also, please keep in mind that our 2018 Houston Transgender Unity Banquet will be held Saturday, September 15, 2018. If you'd like to learn more about any of this, just go to transadvocate.com. And we're back. So um, what do you think of gay adoption? What do I think of gay adoption? Mm -hmm. I think it's certainly better than having a bunch of orphans running around with no parents. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to think of that. What's the answer? So the other side would say, look, you know, uh, the optimal family unit is the, you know, one man, one manly man, one womanly woman, uh, you know, a dog, a cat, and uh, 2.3 children. And that's the type of family that, you know, should should have children. And so uh, state agencies shouldn't be placing children, our, our, our godly children, into the hands of gay couples. So yeah. it's, it's fine. that um, <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> people can have that opinion if they want to, but if my whole um, philosophy is based on, on 
opposing the dehumanization of people mm-hmm. who aren't mm-hmm. like us or don't present right. like me, then then to me that entire argument is a farce. Well, the other you side know, of it, it's um, your your fit parents or you're not, and it has nothing to do with how you present or what your skin color is or what color your eyes are or mm-hmm. who you mm-hmm. choose to love. You are a loving household that is infinitely better than growing up in an orphanage. Sure. And, and the other side is that if you actually look at facts, which I don't like those things. <laughs> you want to mix politics with facts? Yeah, it can be really inconvenient having to think about yeah. facts. But if you look at facts, you'll find that um, basically gender presentation, um, sexual orientation has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to be a successful family. There is no correlation whatsoever. Mm. The, the, Most of these people that are out there that need to be adopted and the kids that you know are looking for a home that's a forever home with a good family that will support them didn't exactly come from gay families. <laughs> exactly right. So that was, I was just going to go there because the other argument that these people make is, you know, if you if you allow gay families to adopt children, they'll turn them gay. Yes, yeah, so they'll, they'll like gayify them. All those gay kids out there came from relationships that had to be hetero in some way. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I don't think that it's an accurate predictor of uh, orientation, is it? So yeah. what do you think of abstinence? It's only education. Um, it's just another form of religious insanity. You can preach abstinence only and and in the real world the facts are abstinence is the only 100% sure actually these same religious people will tell you there's an exception to that rule right you can mm. be abstinent and still get pregnant. Uh, of course. That, <laughs> that's hilarious. I have actually heard that. And yes. at the time, I was just sort of dumbfounded. I thought that I, well, all right. So you I'm know. not going to get into attacking the fundamental basis for the New Testament. But what I, what I will say is um, you can preach abstinence all you want. doesn't stop kids from wanting to have of sex. Of course. Of course. And, uh, if, and if you go to the opposite end of the spectrum and provide birth control and education in high schools, your unwanted pregnancy rate dramatically drops. Of course. So this is what they've done in Colorado, and um, if the right-wing fundamentalists in this state want to reduce the abortion rate in this state, that is the best way to do it. Well, it seems like what they want to do is uh, not teach children about uh, responsible... Uh, not teach children about their bodies, their body functions, about sex, reproduction, um, reducing sexually transmitted infections, pregnancy, any of that stuff. So Take let me ask away you a controversial sure. question. Okay. Why? What drives that? What is it in people's brains that drives this identity politics? Like seriously, I think that that's it. It's it's my tribe. My tribe thinks, you know. You know, as you sow, so shall you reap. You know, if if you are a bad person, you're going to behave morally bad, and it, and it's your just rewards for being morally bad, and that's how the world should work. One of the things I think people miss, and it, it, it actually is one of the things that keeps us from solving a lot of society's major problems, and that is that if you're in power and you aren't, doing it for the good of the public, the good of your constituency, the good of anything else. 
it seems that you tend to take the approach of not only do we have to solve the problem, if I finally agree it's a problem, we have to solve it my way. Mm. And people get stuck on the, I don't really care what the facts are. I don't care what the appropriate approach, if you actually want to solve the problem, would be. They get stuck on the solve it my way, and it's a power trip. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it comes from. I mean, it, it's very easy to solve a lot of our major societal problems problems it's just that a lot of politicians don't want to say well first you have to make it legal <laughs> well you know so you've got you've got an approach the abstinence only education approach that demonstrably results in more teen pregnancy and more sexually transmitted infections we know that that's what happens we've studied it we have good data we have a decade right. worth of data on that um, and yet, kids, what yes. what they they what some Texas um, you know Texas conservative Republican people want is more of that. Well, the other side of it is that an awful lot of this quote Texas conservative Republicans want doesn't come from Texas. It comes from people outside of Texas who have come to Texas with a lot of funds and said, "Here's what we want you to push." Mm. Perhaps. Mm. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I'm hoping that's going to slow down because those groups have been deemed by lawsuits recently, not in Texas, but <laughs> elsewhere. Hmm. I think their funding abilities may be in the process of being reduced. Let's hope so. Well, yeah. So here's the here's here's uh, uh, let's hope that we can flip a few seats in this Texas sure. legislature, maybe more than a few seats, so that we can have some more, not just progressives, but but people who will um, approach problems with data and fact-based solutions. Hey, I, I'm so, all for Republicans uh, like Joe Strauss. Right. You know, I, I am. So I, uh, I come from a background where my parents practice different religions, so I have a mixed religion household. Mm-hmm. Um, one parent is from rural North Dakota, which is as red as it gets, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. other is from inner city Boston, which is about as blue as it gets. Right. And, and you know, and then I... Um, have been a science basically i have a degree in science and mm-hmm. i have operated in a scientific field for for a, more than two decades almost three decades now and so um to me fact-driven solutions where you take problems apart logically and and address them in their pieces is yeah. how you actually get shit done you know that's pretty radical for a politician <laughs> it, it <right>? is <laughs> and i have a, a very controversial question for you another um, one so, so far these have so, not been too difficult for uh Tor- i don't name the person tori mercer wants to know um okay steal yourself what is your favorite punk rock band <laughs> Well, see, but I'm more of um, I'm more of a classic rock and a little heavy metal. I love uh, disco funk and soul. Uh, I'm not that big of a punk rock person, although I have to say my favorite punk rock band that I know of is the Butthole Surfers. Oh, of course, of course. Okay, so, they're, they're all right. Because those guys were badass musicians. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure that there are others, you know, that were also badass musicians, but those guys, I uh, saw them a couple of times. <laughs> wow. Really fun Okay, show. yeah. So there you go. Ah, well, huh. 
Okay. I could actually name a punk rock band. <laughs> I could probably I, name a Bible verse, which which now puts me two ahead of the president of the United States. <laughs> okay, look, that's a really low standard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I got that, but it is really, really low. Yeah, I low bar to clear. But that, that, you know, that makes clearing that bar so much easier. Okay, so um, we've covered some really controversial ideas mm-hmm. about you know re- religion and religion's place in American politics, and in fact, what America was founded on. We've we've covered issues of immigration and who is a real American, who really deserves to be here, and LGBTQIA, blah, 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 queer issues. Like, but in politics, isn't it so that your job is to compromise on everything? So when... You know, uh, your constituency, if, if when they send you to office and you're faced with, um, you know, these issues, will you compromise? How, how will you, you know, if, if, if they say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we're willing to back down on this, this bathroom bill so that we only target um, genderqueer people. Yeah, the genderqueer people, we're going to go after them. Or we're only going to target, um, you know, X or Y people. You know, we'll sacrifice them. We're, we're, we'll throw them under the bus. But the, you know, the log cabin Republican folks, we're going to be nice to them. What, how are you going to deal with the, those types of situations? Because certainly that they'll, they'll arise. It's a, great, it's a very good question because it actually um, you you get to challenge me on two things I feel strongly about, and one is you know our our humanity, our or morality, and the other is the imperative of representative government to require compromise from mm-hmm. different sides. Sure, and I believe the failure to compromise is a big problem in government right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I'm still not going to compromise on the humanity <laughs> of, uh, of, my, of my fellow constituents. Of sure. my, the humanity is not something to compromise on. Mm. So there are areas where we can compromise, and I'm, I would be pushing for a whole slate of progressive agenda, and mm-hmm. there may be areas of that where there's room to compromise. Compromising on the humanity of our, of our fellow human beings is... is it's um, it's outside of my realm of possibility. Gotcha. It's not going to happen. Yeah, one of the problems that I've noticed is that when progressives and and I really don't know what that term means. I've okay. mentioned this before. <laughs> <laughs> but, but when progressives or liberals, the way I refer to it, compromise, they don't get anything for it. Hmm. That's not compromise. Well, that's just caving. But they say it is, and and I see it over and over and over again. You do, don't you? Yes, exactly. Yeah, so if I could get something substantive for, you know, for being willing to be flexible in certain positions, that's one thing. Uh, There is no flexibility when it comes to the humanity of our fellow human beings. And, gotcha. and so if that's the question, that's not something that we can compromise because it, 
you know I also come from there's a big slice of my family that was uh, uh, European Jews mm-hmm. in Germany mm-hmm. right so I see what happens when you compromise on the humanity of your fellow human yeah. beings right mm-hmm. and no matter what anybody says it's not fair to make you know um, uh, comparisons to Hitler and I'm not comparing anybody to Hitler or the rise of the third you're right. just talking about I'm your talking family about history the basic humanity mm-hmm. of of human beings and when you relinquish that that's the sort of thing you can head towards mm. people mm. become less than human and it allows you to rape prisoners we don't yep. even have a law against arresting officers having sex with an arrested person in their cop car on the way to the on the way to the police police station mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah, <laughs> that should be illegal <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's the laws around. I don't even it. care what happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so we have Pride coming up. What are you doing for Pride? <laughs> well, you know, usually I just go and enjoy the parade. Oh no, you uh-huh. can't you know, do that now. You're a candidate. <laughs> uh-huh. You have to have to. You have to have a float and a t-shirt firing gun and and. Oh no! Can, I get, can I get a gun that fires confetti? Is no, that? that's illegal. Is it really? Yes, that's not allowed. Oh, man. How about just sparkles? Nope, they aren't allowed. Can I be sparkly for the pride parade? As long as it doesn't come off of your body and get onto the street. <laughs> because if it comes off of your body and gets onto the street, the city charges pride for cleaning it up. I so, see. So, well, you, you have do have beans. You can, you the, can. Well, what I can, I can say is just like everyone else, you're welcome to march with us in at the with the transgender float as everyone else is. I am. And normally I don't talk about my affiliations with whatever groups that I support, but I'm a sustaining member of the JLBT caucus. And so mm. maybe they'll let me march with them. The, maybe co- I can wear the caucus one isn't doing anything. <laughs> TFA is. At least they weren't the last I heard, which was a few days ago. <laughs> so here's my position on that. Usually we go and we have a lot of fun and, and my wife and I both like it. I have relatives who are in uh, same-sex relationships and marriages. So uh, they, and it's funny that that the the couple, my brother in law and his partner, avoid that. They can't mm. deal with the crowd. <laughs> yeah, the, we have always thought it's a lot of fun. So uh, we usually go um, just to witness the parade. Mm-hmm. If there's some group that I'm uh, happy about being along with that invites me to march in the parade, more than happy to wear their t-shirt or whatever. I'll throw beads. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a little overweight, so I kind of draw the line at getting. But but if I was in better shape, I would be pretty cool with it. Yeah, that's another thing that the contract says you can't do, sort of. But but it it actually almost says sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're allowed to show a lot of skin, maybe just not all of your skin. But I think, you know, they're pretty lenient about that. Yeah, that that was the big thing. They they don't discriminate against fat people, so I could do it, you know, if I wanted to. But yeah, because um, <laughs> it, it is coming up pretty quick. But yeah, um, but anybody, anybody listening to this, if you want to invite me to march in the parade with you, I'm more than happy to do that. And you missed the fact that I did invite you to march with TFA and H Talk in the parade. But whatever, that's you can it. Ignore me. Uh, the, the candidate doesn't want to be seen in public with that. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I actually, to clarify my position. <laughs> 
I don't want to be seen naked in public, <laughs> you know, whether it's in a gay parade or not. You know, I think that's probably a good position to have. In <laughs> I, I have the same reason. If I had a better body, then it, it would win me more votes than it lost me. But being a little overweight, it's probably the other way around. So I'd be happy to march with TFA. There you go. We finally got there. There we go. It can be edited however it needs to be, I'm sure, or something. <laughs> Oh man! So, so you know, Robin's not here, so we can't go through all of the things that Robin normally goes through about what's what's right, going right, on, what's coming up, yeah. uh, the the events and stuff. I I don't know. I you know, we still have our giveaway. Um, I guess next week we'll we'll say who who gets the 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 cup and the buttons and everything. Yep. Um, but if you want to. Um, if you want to register for our giveaway, our monthly giveaway, you just go to the Trans Advocate and um, you'll you'll see a, ads on just every page that says, you know, click here for the giveaway and just register. If you are a Patreon supporter, uh, your registration counts as two entries and so you, you're twice as uh, likely to win um, and your entry lasts for a year I think that's what we decided yep. and um, let's see Oh, uh, it, also on the Trans Advocate if you are not registered to vote uh, right there on the front page on the right hand side there's a link that will take you to uh, a page on the Trans Advocate that will help you get registered to vote in your particular state. So if you're not registered, please do register and vote. It's a two-step process. Register and then vote. If you don't show up, you just blew all the time and effort <laughs> yes. you took, like three yeah. minutes, to register to vote. <laughs> but seriously, uh, you know, our, our community needs representation it needs uh, people, whatever party it is, it doesn't matter to me, as long as they uh, aren't anti-queer, they want to diminish our ability to function in society, um, you know, I don't care. But that's that's who we need. That's, that's the type of people that uh, queer kids need in school. And it's certainly in your best interest to do those two simple things, register and take 15 minutes out of your life and vote. Definitely go vote. Mm-hmm. Especially if you live in House District 135. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you do live in that district, uh, you can look me up. I can register you to vote. Well, I'm a registrar. Mm. We have a team of registrars out there. We're associated with a number of groups that are working on registering the constituents and getting people out to vote. If you need a ride, let us know. I'll find someone to take you to the polls. So before we close, um, is there anything that you want to say? Anything you, um, any sort of message you want to give to people? Um, besides get out and vote. Besides vote get out and vote. Uh, mm-hmm. The only way to make a real change is to change the people who are, who are making the laws. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we need to do. And if you live in this state or, or, or if you're interested in what's going on around the country, 
Um, the Texas state legislature is one of the more egregious legislatures in the country. These people are seriously fucked up, and we have got to do something to make a change about that. Well, so what do you say to those edge lords out there who are sitting behind their computer screens that are saying, well, man, all politics are corrupt. Every every political person and every candidate of which you are one, they're right. just as, as mean and as, as crooked as the other, and so, you know, it's not worth my time. What do you say to those people? Well, I, I, I just invite them to talk to some of us are real human beings running for these offices. So I've never done this before. I've never been a politician before. I'm a freaking engineer for a living. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm not religiously aligned or anything else like that. So I would say, you know, if you're in my district, come over to my place. I'll make coffee for you. Seriously. <laughs> he roasts his own coffee. It's I roast really my own good. coffee beans. So, I, again, you know, my, my sanity could be questioned. But, but I do make a really mean cup of coffee. And, and really, the other thing that I hear is that my vote doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Or it's not just that the politicians are corrupt. But we're having this conversation with a group of millennials, my son's friend. So my mm-hmm. son is a 20-something. Mm-hmm. And um, and one of those young men was like, I don't even see why I should register to vote. Nobody really understands these ballots or the issues. My vote doesn't make any difference. And I said, look, you are, um, you are part of a constituent group that if everybody from 18 to 25 in this, yeah. in this country voted, you would change the political landscape. So you mm-hmm. might think your vote doesn't count. But when there's uh, four million people turning 18 in time to vote in for mm-hmm. November this year, that all by itself, that's just this year's new voters is a significant voting uh, mm-hmm. block. And so and this young man happened to be Latinx also. Mm-hmm. I said, your uh, your constituency is grossly underrepresented. You don't have if you look around the Texas ledge, there are very few Latin Latinx representatives. And 30 percent of the state is Latin. We should have 30 mm-hmm. percent of the re- legislature look like you. Mm. And so it's important, you know, if you want to make it work, the only way to make it work is is to participate. Mm. And you have to. You have to, if you don't believe in the people that are there, vote some new people in. Mm-hmm. You know, get your mm-hmm. friends to run. So cry out loud, run for something yourself. Did he and register? Then tell me how corrupt you are. <laughs> I he... registered the young man. Okay, oh, that's what right. I to <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> so he can vote. Uh, now I need now to get, for step two. Now for step two, right? Right. <laughs> to get out there to vote. But you okay. know, if you, if you think all the politicians are corrupt, then mm-hmm. go ahead and run for something. Very good and advice. Tell me how corrupt you are. Right, right. Interesting. But I'm doing good. it because exactly that. We need some folks up there that have a different perspective on this who aren't doing it because they are, quote, unquote, per- political. It's because they have seen what what is going on and want to make a change so the government gets to work for us instead of basically pilfering funds off mm-hmm. of the state government, which mm-hmm. is what our state government is particularly good at. Yeah, this is actually the best chance to get a majority of people who are new to politics and who don't like the way things are going into various legislatures and into Congress in my entire lifetime. There's been no chance even close to this, and I really hope we don't squander it. I mean, I, I worry about the fact that a lot of the politics are starting to turn very divisive. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that that needs to 
stop. They need to basically get, get over their differences and understand that just because someone isn't exactly the way you'd like someone to be, if they're most of the way there, you ought to say, yeah, that's good for me. We'll go with it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, a- so anything else? my website? Is this podcast going to have some information on that? Can what I what website's that? It is <laughs> Rosenthal for us all. Rosenthal number four, us all.com. Okay, what about Twitter? I am not on Twitter. I'm uh, so bad. It's a toxic I, wasteland of so I, hate. I've had and, some people say that I must have a Twitter account. I've had some people uh, say that it doesn't matter because they're all Russian bots anyway. <laughs> so, you don't want the Russians following you? I'm down with them following me. I'm cool for that. You, know, you, you kind of learn to smell them after a while. Uh, I am on Facebook. Uh, also, uh, you can just look me up as John Rosenthal or... Again, I've got the political page, Rosenthal, number four, us all. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for coming out and thank you for taking some interesting questions and for being a good sport. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for coming out. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Trans Advocate Podcast. We are a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Your support makes what we do possible. Resistance means nothing without supporting elected officials who won't attack trans, intersex, and queer children in our schools. They can't vote, so you're going to have to do it for them. If you live in the U.S. and are not registered to vote, we can help you with that at our site. Register and vote, no matter what. The Trans Advocate Podcast was produced by Kristen Williams. All rights reserved. The Trans Advocate is a project of the Transgender Foundation of America, a 501c3 nonprofit. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Trans Advocate or the Transgender Foundation of America.